0: Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins.
1: Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. One of our listeners writes in today and they have a great question, and the question is this What are the signs of the times? Hans Christian Andersen in The Emperor's New Clothes tells the story of an emperor who is convinced two criminals have made him a fantastic set of clothes. As the story goes, even though the thieves had created nothing, the ruler's subjects affirm the beauty of the non-existent garments, even though the emperor parades them around town. As the story continues, a child points out the obvious that no one else in the town will acknowledge the emperor is wearing nothing at all. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are are like the emperor and the townspeople in this story. They have refused to accept the obvious. Instead of coming to Jesus in faith, the religious leaders requested a special sign in Matthew 16.1, while Christ's enemies also looked for one in Matthew 12.38. As soon as Jesus returned to Israel's territory, opposition from the Jewish leaders resurfaces. Matthew 16.1 says, The Pharisees and Sadducees came to test him. They asked him to show them a sign from heaven. The Pharisees and Sadducees were rival groups of leaders, and so this is an unusual grouping. Here they operate together for two reasons. First, they are the two main groups of the Sanhedrin, the the ruling Jewish council. Second, they are united by a common opposition to Jesus. And so they they think that the enemy of their enemy is their friend. The, The leader's quest for a sign is misguided, even foolish. Jesus has already performed an abundance of signs, and they never believed. And so... As soon as possible, Jesus leaves their territory again to escape them, and but before Jesus departs, he commends the Pharisees and the Sadducees for their ability to read the signs of the weather. A red sky in the evening signified good weather. in the morning, a red sky plus clouds meant just the opposite. So how sad then that they could read the weather, but they could not read the signs of the great events taking place in their times. Matthew 162 through3 says. So as religious leaders, they above all should know that God has sent the long-expected Jesus. A wicked generation cannot read the signs. And so the proof that they cannot interpret the signs is that they ask for a sign immediately after Jesus gives a sign. Their spiritual blindness keeps them from seeing Jesus. For as long as they refuse to see him as he is, they remain blind, Luke 13:34 34-35 says. And so Jesus then compared himself to Jonah in Matthew sixteen four, which says, A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign, but no one will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jonah, you recall, did not perform signs. He was the sign. Thrown overboard into a raging sea, swallowed by a great fish, spat out on a dry ground, then preaching the great effect to the Assyrians of Nineveh, the very life of Jonah was the sign. So the mere presence of a Jewish prophet in a hostile city was a sign, and so too is Jesus Christ. The leaders do not need signs by Jesus. They need to see Jesus. They need to understand him. They need, they need his presence, his life, is the, the God's greatest sign then and for us today. In Matthew 12, 38-42, the religious scholars are enraged at Jesus' harsh words about them. They asked Jesus for a sign in Matthew twelve thirty-eight, a miracle that demonstrates the messianic anointing of the Lord Jesus. The, the, crest, the request here is not wrong in and of itself, for the Lord gave Abraham a sign to confirm his faith in Genesis 15. And Jesus knows that nothing can convicts, convince these religious leaders, and so he promises the sign of the prophet Jonah in Matthew twelve thirty-nine. And many first century Jews were convinced that the Ninevites repented when Jonah preached to them because they knew that the Lord spoke through him. And they also knew this because they knew the Lord saved him from the drowning. In the resurrection of the Lord, Jesus is like Jonah's rescue, Matthew 12 40 says, signifying the vindication of Jesus and the truthfulness of his words. You see, people are always looking for science to guide them. They they seek personal direction and hour of decision. In the ancient Near East, people sought guidance in unusual places. The ancient pagan practice of hetoscopy rests on the belief that the the memory and the intelligence resided in the liver. Much as 19th century phrenologists studied the, the shape of the cranium to discover mental traits, pagan leaders examined the livers of animals, such as sheep, in order to discern the future. In Rabomancy, the ancients tossed up arrows and interpreted the pattern they, they took upon falling. In Hydromancy, they tried to interpret the water left over in a cup. They also kept their idols in their homes to represent the gods and ask for their direction or aid. And, and they tried to consult with spirits and study the stars for guidance. Astronomy studied the stars scientifically. Astrology studied, astrology studied the influence of stars on earthly events. It has an appealing premise. There there is harmony in the universe so that the motivation of planets and stars affect the events on the earth. But as astronomers study the universe in its vast expanse, it has become impossible to believe that objects are trillions of miles away and they could directly influence earthly events. We no longer consult livers and arrows, but we are not so different from ancient people. Millions of people still read uh, palms, tea leaves, and tarot cards. We we flip coins. Some Christians flip open the Bible at random, hoping to encounter a verse that will guide them. We seek mentors and counselors, which ordinarily makes great sense. But we also seek five-minute meetings with mentors, pastors, and counselors, where we deliver a three-minute summary of our life story, then expect a two-minute oracle on our future. We need to understand that, that no miracle will ever be enough for those who love their sin, and refuse to turn to the Lord. It's insincere when people say they, they will believe God if they do a miracle for them, as if God owes them a favor or is a genie in a bottle. There's plenty of evidence for the truthfulness of Jesus in the word, including the testimony of the lives and societies changed by King Jesus. Instead of seeking a sign, seek the fulfillment of the signs. Seek Jesus himself. Jesus himself says in John 14, 6, He is the way and the truth and the life. You see, Jesus is an answer to the signs you seek. And he is the only one who can truly save and satisfy. So don't seek a sign. Seek the Savior while he may be found. And call on the name of the Lord and be saved. If you're a Christian, please pray. You will always be attentive and soft-hearted to the commands of Jesus. And daily walk in obedience to the revealed will and way of the Lord in the Word of God.
0: Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe